In the name of the one holy and living God, amen. So how do you tell a true prophet from a false prophet? Maybe we should start with what a prophet is. Sometimes people think that a prophet is someone who predicts the future. And sometimes they might, but sometimes not. Because what being a prophet really means is being someone who speaks for God, somebody who speaks on God's behalf. And that means that sometimes a prophet has more to say about what's really going on in the present and what God really thinks about it. A prophet is somebody who can talk about reality from a God's eye point of view. So how do you tell a false prophet from a true prophet. Of course, you can't always. Sometimes events just have to play out. As Jeremiah said, let us see what happens and then we'll know who's a true prophet. Jeremiah was a prophet in Jerusalem when the Babylonians invaded and carried off many of the people into exile. And he spoke in God's name to say, this is how it's going to be. And not just for a short time. For 70 years, Jeremiah said, God's people are going to be under Babylonian rule. So we better adapt. It wasn't exactly a welcome message. And there were other more appealing prophets available to listen to. One of them was called Hananiah. And he said that after just two years, God would smash the Babylonians and bring the good times back to Jerusalem. So it was Jeremiah's reply to Hananiah that we heard this morning, and he essentially says, sounds good. I sure hope it happens that way. But if your words come true, then we'll know who's the real prophet around here. And of course, time would tell, and it turned out that Jeremiah was right, and the exile lasted 70 years, and Hananiah was wrong. But aside from just waiting to see how things turn out, there may be a clue in this story about how to discern false from true prophets. Hananiah is the false prophet, and he tells the people what feels good for them to hear. It's easy to listen to a prophet whose message makes you feel comfortable. And it's easy to let comfort with the message take the place of prayer and scripture and shared discernment. So that doesn't mean universally that true prophets never share good news, but it does mean that a false prophet might be likely to tell us what feels comfortable for us to hear. Now, our gospel reading today has Jesus talking about traveling prophets. He says, whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And it seems the very earliest churches, the first Christian communities in the first century of the generation or two after Jesus, had many of these itinerant prophets and teachers who would go from village to village sharing the words and teachings of Jesus. And of course, in that first generation or so, the Gospels hadn't been written down yet. So oral teaching by these travelers was how you could learn about Jesus. So it really made a difference to know that the prophet who had just come to your village was a true prophet and not a false one. There's a document called the Didache, or teaching, 
which seems to have been written at just about this time. It's not part of scripture, but it's a precious text because it seems to have been written at about the same time as many of these New Testament texts were being written. And it gives us a precious glimpse of the lives of these very, very early churches. And in fact, it uses a lot of the same language as the Gospel of Matthew. So scholars think it may come from the very same circles of early Christianity as the Gospel passage we just read. And the Didache has a lot to say about these traveling prophets. It says, you should welcome any prophet who comes to you. And let them stay with you for the night with no questions asked. And it says, if they stay a second night, well and good. But if they stay a third night, they're a false prophet. And the Didache says that a true prophet might accept bread for the journey onward to the next town. But if they ask for money, they're a false prophet. It says that when a prophet is speaking through the Holy Spirit, they might tell you to order up a banquet for others. But if they order up a banquet for themselves, they're a false prophet. And it says that a true prophet speaking in the Holy Spirit might tell you to give money to the poor. But if they say, give money to me, you guessed it, false prophet. So if we learned from Jeremiah that false prophets might tell you what feels good for you to hear, it seems we learned two more principles from the Didache. A false prophet might be in it for themselves. They might say things that are good for their bellies or their wallets. And a true prophet cares about people who are poor or excluded. Jesus tells us one more thing today that I don't want to let go by without commenting on, which is that he says that even a small act of kindness like a cup of cold water for his sake won't go unrewarded. And I think that matters too, because sometimes we might not be sure if we're dealing with a false or true prophet, but it never hurts to care for someone's bodily needs. Giving a cup of cold water is never wrong. And traditionally in Christian teaching, that cup of cold water has been expanded into seven traditional corporal works of mercy, corporal meaning having to do with the body, things that you can do at any time to show the love of Christ to another human being by doing something that is good for the body, feeding someone who's hungry, giving drink to someone who's thirsty, giving shelter to someone who's homeless, visiting someone who's sick, visiting someone who's in prison, burying someone who has died, and giving money to somebody who doesn't have it. Sometimes we might not be sure what to do to tackle a complicated social issue. Doing one of these basic works of mercy is always a good place to start. It doesn't get us off the hook for the deeper work of discernment about how we are to act, or vote, or march, or donate, or write letters. But it's always a good place to start. And then we can get into that deeper work of prayerful discernment about what prophecy is true, what prophecy is false, who is speaking for God, who is articulating what God has to say about what is going on around us in our world. 
Who are the prophets we need to be listening to today? And again, it's always easier to tell in hindsight. Today, lots of people in this country would probably agree, for example, that Martin Luther King Jr. was something of a modern day prophet. That his message of civil rights and justice through nonviolent protest was in line with what God wants for the world. There's a national holiday on his birthday. There's a statue of him on the National Mall. But back in 1963, two upstanding, well-educated, respectable Episcopal bishops weren't so sure. Dr. King and his associates had come to Birmingham from Atlanta to lead a series of nonviolent demonstrations against segregation. And Bishop Carpenter and Bishop Murray of the Episcopal Diocese of Alabama were concerned. So they got together with six other white clergymen and wrote a letter and published it in the newspaper. And in their letter, they called the demonstrations extreme measures that were unwise and untimely. They called Dr. King an outside agitator from another city. And essentially they urged black demonstrators to calm things down, to stay off the streets, to seek their goals quietly, patiently through official channels. Now, Dr. King was in jail when he read their letter in the paper. And he started scribbling his response in the margins of the paper itself, and eventually was allowed to have a writing tablet and finished what became one of the most famous letters in history. And maybe you've read it. It's the letter from Birmingham jail. And in that letter, he writes about his understanding of civil disobedience and writes, an individual who breaks an unjust law and willingly accepts the penalty of imprisonment in order to arouse the conscience of the community over its injustice, is in reality expressing the highest respect for law. And he wrote, true peace is not merely the absence of tension. True peace is the presence of justice. Today that letter is read in high schools and colleges and it is honored and rightly so as one of the great letters of this country's history. Today, Bishop Carpenter and Bishop Murray's letter is mostly remembered as the provocation for Dr. King's. Bishop Carpenter and Bishop Murray and their colleagues had good intentions, but they got it wrong. It is not always easy in the moment to tell a false prophet from a true one. It's easier in hindsight. But there are a few principles that can help us discern. A false prophet might tell you something that's convenient to hear. A false prophet might tell you something that's convenient for themselves. And a true prophet always, always cares about those who are poor and excluded. And meanwhile, Jesus tells us a cup of cold water is always welcome.